now I'd like you to welcome, give a warm welcome to the one who was worshiping God and, and uh, God uses a vehicle for blessing Clayton that night and who's a pastor and elder of Blazing Fire Church. Would you welcome Todd Lout? What about Brooke leading worship? Where is she? Oh, she oh, is gone. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> um, since I got to, since I'm speaking tonight, I got to, you know, choose some things. And, um, and since I'm over all the worship stuff anyway, I just, uh, I just thought I'd have Brooke lead, um, because as of late, she's left a couple. She's led us in worship a couple times at our college functions, and um, it's just gone so deep. And it reminds me of the lamb, you know. And it reminds me of the lion. It really does the way she leads, and um, because my heart gets really soft, and I feel this wow at the same time, you know. And um, it's not about what I feel, but I feel like. God is responding to her, and um, so I just really appreciate that kind of leadership. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I just want us to connect with the Lord in something. God, I ask that you would soften and tenderize our hearts right now. Tenderize and soften our hearts right now. even more as the evening goes on. Tenderize and soften our hearts. Your presence is what we need. And we can know your presence and we can take from your presence and give in your presence more when our hearts are tenderized and softened. We want to hear your voice. We want to see your eyes. Okay. Here's, here's a, another prayer for our hearts that's going to sound on the opposite spectrum, but it, it's a good recipe. Baptize our hearts with fire, God. Baptize our hearts with your fire. You are a fire. Baptize our hearts with yourself. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. I'm really impressed to just talk about uh, something, one of the things in the Bible that um, feels a little contrary to itself. Um, have you ever read anything in the Bible before that seems like it contradicts another part of the Bible? Anyone here ever experienced that? If you raise your hands, nobody's going to judge you. Okay. They, oh, see, look. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot more. Uh-huh. That's because there are some things in there that say this, and then later on it says this, you know? And uh, one, one of the things that's actually fun for me 
is when some of our young folks do come and ask me about these things. I don't get why this, why the Bible says to search God out. And then in another place it says he's unsearchable. (laughs) I love that question. He is a mystery. He invites us into mystery. It's his pleasure to hide a thing and and to have us seek it out. It really is. But it's actually not all that complicated. Like that one, for instance. He is deeper than anything. He's an ocean without a shore, right? I mean, he is unsearchable. There, we, we, get, we still tend to get too small-minded about God, almost on a daily basis, you know? That's why another good prayer for your heart is, give me the fear of the Lord. <laughs> give me the fear of the Lord. Uh He's huge. He's gigantic. You know, he, he invented all this galaxy out there that we've not come to the end of. He's the one who knows every intricate detail of your brain and your eye, you know, everything. Um, and yet he, he's intimate into your heart. And uh, so he's that big, and yet he says, search me out. I'm unsearchable. Come on. Is that a tease? Does it feel like a tease? Depending on where we're at. But here's the deal. He is unsearchable. He's endless. And he's saying, dive in and just keep going. Dive in and keep going. Lose yourself. I know I've said this several times while I'm talking to y'all. But uh, I, I've, some of you, younger ones, won't remember this commercial. Nesty commercial with a person standing on the edge of the the swimming pool, you know what I'm talking about? Ah, Nesty, bam, and then you fall back into the pool that says Nesty at the bottom of the pool, uh, and then there's a baby Ruth in there, and everyone screams and gets out. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a that was a movie, Caddyshack. Um, no, a commercial where <laughs> um, where the person just completely falls back into the pool and be and becomes consumed by. The refreshing taste of nesty. That's how I feel it is when God's saying, search me out. I'm unsearchable. Just get in here. Just let yourself go. It means stop worrying about stuff. Just get in me. You know, I'm in you. Let me function in you to the fullest. Let me give you rest. That kind of thing. Um, Here's another one in the Bible. Um, let's see. Oh, that was my one example. Hey. <laughs> I even had scriptures for that, and I didn't tell you. Well, when you get a chance, look at Jeremiah 29, 13. That's, that's about, see, well, it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Um, Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. And then here's the unsearchable part. Uh, Psalms 143, great. Great is is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Job 5, 9, God who does great things and unsearchable marvelous things without number. Ephesians 3, 8, the unsearchable riches of Christ. This goes on and on and on. It's actually aspects of him that are unsearchable. He's just going, just jump into me, okay? 
Um, there's a few things like that in the Bible that seem like like it's over in this extreme, but it's also over in ex- this extreme. He is amazing. He's amazing. But look at yourself. You've got pretty different extremes in your own self, don't you? Right? Am I the only one? <laughs> Thank you for the one hand that agreed. Let's have coffee. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um, I'm going to put glasses on because that's starting to happen. It actually started happening two years ago, and I was trying to deny that it was happening, and it's happening more so. Uh, (laughs) um, So here's another thing. Jesus. Jesus is a lion. Jesus is a lamb. Doesn't that sound contrary? Sounds contrary? A lion and a lamb. I mean, we think of a lion and a lamb together. The lamb wouldn't be there for very long, you know. Lamb chops, and that's that. He is a lion and a lamb. We've seen the picture. The, the lion lays down with the lamb. When actually, actually, the Bible talks about a wolf laying down with the lamb. Uh, but we've seen that, that really serene picture, you know. I think we've got one somewhere in our house. or, Yeah, the lion and the lamb. It's a really neat picture because of the contrast and because uh, it's, there's so much power in it that, that we don't fully understand. And I wanted to just talk about that. We, we discussed recently wanting to talk uh, in, in some of these days about Jesus. About Jesus. He is our master and savior. He is the king of our heart. He is uh, the only way to God. He really is. He's the son. And he is uh, our friend. He's our brother. He is our king. He's the, he's the dude in Song of Solomon, the king. We're the girl. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Shulamite. We are. Yeah. But men, when you read Song of Solomon from that perspective, you don't have to think of yourself as a girl. Just think of yourself in that position of being with, you know, the king. Okay? Um, but uh, he is. He's the king of our heart. And um, there's a lot to know about him. And in fact, we can spend an entire lifetime here uh, actually re- Discovering and rediscovering and further more aspects of who Jesus is for us. Um, and then we get to go meet him face to face, right? And then we'll continue to do that when we're in glory. When we're with him in heaven. Because he's unsearchable. Because Jesus is God. Uh, yeah, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to read a couple things about this. Um, about these two Two different aspects of Jesus. Um, he's both the conquering lion and the lamb. I'm going to attempt to read to you a little bit out of the Bible, which is um, scary. I'm going to be humble also and tell you, I was telling my wife, I'm scared to read in front of people because I'm dyslexic and who knows how long this can take. <clears throat> um, but I've been praying about it and practicing, so... <laughs> I wanted to read a little bit out of Revelation 5. You guys ever read Revelation? This thing is pretty, 
It's got a lot of stank on it. It's pretty powerful. It really is. Uh, it's not. It's not just about like everything is going to turn to caca and then we get to go home. It's not like that. Actually, if you can, cons- if you consider Revelation, the Book of Revelation, as a revelation of Jesus, then it opens up like a beautiful flower in your heart. It's really neat. Um, <laughs> was that funny? I, um, so <laughs> this is Revelation five. Um, and then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. Now, I'm not going to explain this entire thing to you tonight. It's interesting and kind of complicated, the scroll stuff. But there's a scroll in the right hand of the one um, of God. And, and it's, got, it's got stuff on it that are mysteries. It's got stuff about the end. It's got stuff about um, God's heart that we can't even fathom, you know. This scroll here. Uh, And it was sealed with seven seals. The mighty heavenly messenger proclaimed with a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open this scroll? A mighty messenger, a large angel in heaven says, who can, who's worthy to open this thing? No creature of creation in all of heaven or on all of, in all of earth or under the earth could open the scroll or look into its mysteries. So they searched heaven, they searched earth, and hell. Then I began to mourn. I, I, this is John, by the way, writing this. I began to mourn and weep bitterly because no creature in, of creation was found who was worthy to open the seal or look at its mysteries. Then uh, one of the elders there consoled me. Now there's 24 elders, you know, bowing down constantly to the Lord, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uh, um, one of the elders said, stop weeping. Look over there. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has conquered and is able to break its seventh seal, the seven seals and open the scroll. And I looked in between the throne and the four living creatures and the 24 elders stood a lamb who appeared to have been slaughtered. Now, this angel had just said, the lion of the tribe of Judah can open the scroll. So I looked, and there was a lamb. (laughs) Who appeared to have been slaughtered. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes. The eyes are the seven spirits of God sent out all over the earth to look. Uh, When he turns to see the lion, he sees a lamb instead. Not everything... Oh, this is a note. I'm sorry. Not everything is as it appears. The lamb stands, uh, even though he has been slaughtered, as sacrifice because he has been resurrected. The lamb came and took the scroll, the right hand, from the right hand of the one seated upon the throne. And when he took it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell prostrate, prostrate before the lamb. They worshiped him, and each one held a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, the prayers of God... um, the prayers of God's holy people, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to receive this scroll and break its seals because you were slain with your blood. You redeemed for God people from every tribe and language, people from every race and nation. You have made them a kingdom. You have appointed the priests to serve our God, and they will rule upon the earth. This scene goes on and on. It's very fascinating. 
But there is something pretty important about this scroll, you know? And he gets to, he's, he's the only one found worthy to open this thing. And this is the guy who we say, will you come and be in me? Jesus, I'm, I'm saying yes to you. You know, some Sunday schools say, you know, say it this way. Invite Jesus into your heart, you know. Come into my heart. Remember that song? Into my heart. Come into my Nobody. Okay. Um, anyway, it's an old song. Uh, that's the dude who is with us. He is the Prince of Peace, and he lives right inside of us. It's a wonder, then, that we get so frustrated and scared all the time about stuff, you know? Um, it's because we just need to know this about him. We need to hang out with him. He's hanging out right here, but we need to be intentional. We get to hang out with him, um, the Prince of Peace himself. I want to read just something a quick here to you about what was just going on in that scene, too. Um, he is both the lamb and the slain, or the slain lamb and the lion. Uh, as the lion of Judah, he fulfills the prophecy of Genesis 49.9 and is the Messiah who uh, would come from the tribe of Judah as the Lamb of God. He is the perfect ultimate sacrifice for sin. I just want to show you something about Genesis. This is kind of cool. Back in Genesis 49.9, when Jacob was blessing his sons, Judah is referred to as a lion's cub. Isn't that cool? And in verse 10, we learn that a scepter will not depart from Judah. So that's why he's called the Lion of Judah. It's a lion, the lion's cub. You know, God is also a lion, of course, because God is Jesus. He is the lion's cub, too. And, um, but he's, he is the lion. Um, the Im- imagery of kingship is further enhanced when Jesus is described as the root of David. This harkens us back to the words of is, of. Isaiah the prophet, there will come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch that is will bear fruit, and this in the and this is the root of David. Um, the nations will see him, and uh, and he will be glorious. Uh, that's that's the lamb who is a lion. That's the lion who is a lamb. Um, if we go further into uh, in, if, into Revelation 19, uh, we're taken into another place. I just want to read real quick a couple things here. I was going to read to you a little bit. I'm running out of time. I was going to read a little bit out of uh, the word on the street about all this because it's fun how it describes it, but um, I won't have time to do it at the moment. But if you ever get a chance, pick up a copy of the word on the street. Don't think it is the Bible. But it's a very streetwise para- paraphrase, you know. It is. It's it's interesting. I mean, you sh- I dare you to read, yeah, Song of Solomon. I can't even read it out loud. It's, mm-hmm, yeah. I re- I read I read about about uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife in there. Whoa, <laughs> Potiphar's wife was warm for his form, you know, and. <laughs> Yeah, this book, it's interesting, but it's neat how it words how it describes some things, especially in Revelation. Um, yeah, anyway, wow, I just distracted myself. <laughs> Revelation 19, uh, the, scene, uh, <laughs> the scene is charged. 
Um, after this, I heard a great sound and multitude echoing in heaven. Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and truly belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has judged the great whore and uh, polluted the entire earth with her sexual immorality. Who has polluted her, the earth? Um, and he has vindicated the blood of his servants, uh, which she shed. Again, praise filled from heaven. This whole scene now is talking about the vengeance of the Lord, about the lion, about him roaring justice into the earth. Now, here's, here's the thing that some of us get a little afraid to talk about. Like, a judge? Really? I don't need to be judged, you know? Here's why it scares us so bad. Because we're so used to how other people judge us. And we do it a lot, and we do it wrong. Um, that we think, if he's a judge, that means he's going to shame me. You know, he's going to point his finger at me and take stars off my chart because yesterday I thought this about this person, that kind of thing. No, 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 no. He is a lion, and he's ruthless about what he's judging, and that is everything that stands in the way of love. That's what he's judging. He's judging everything that stands in the way of love, meaning the things that try to rip you away from believing how much the Father loves you. That's what he's talking about here. Um, the things that have come into the earth that have um, taken the hearts away from the Lord, that is what the lion is coming to roar over. You guys know the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, right? Yeah? Uh, oh, my gosh. My favorite. It, even though I have dyslexia, um, I read that book seven times when I was a kid. I know and remember that it was seven times because I was amazed that I could do it. Uh, I mean, the whole series, actually. Um, and I understand I have a couple friends in this house that have, who understand my dyslexia issues, so thank you for being my sisters and brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, I read that because it was so fascinating, and the, the whole picture of the lion and I knew exactly what it represented. That was gripping me. It would get into my heart. And then I would top it off by listening to a group that probably only a few of you knew who it is. The second chapter of Acts from the 70s. Come on, come on. Uh-huh, two sisters and a brother who, who were teenagers and wrote some deep, deep stuff. They did a whole album called The Roar of Love, and it was about, it was, they, they walked through the story of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe um, in, their, in the songs. Oh, my God. Did you know that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> it's a great, yeah, it's a great album. My sister and I used to listen to it all the time. But the, um, the, the main catch, the main catchphrase in that out whole album was the roar of love is ringing out, ringing out through the earth, through the woods, or whatever. And um, that used to get in my heart because I would picture the lion roaring into my heart, which is why so many times when I'm doing spontaneous singing here, I sing that a lot, you know, about the roar. Here I can hear the roar of the, of the lion of the tribe of Juba singing, Juba. Judah singing into my heart, but this roar <laughs> is coming from the one who, who treats me like a lamb. 
It's coming from the one who, who is tender with me and yet um, roars away all the gunk, you know, especially if I'm holding it out and I go, here, here you go. Roar of love, you know, just like in the movie where he's where he had victory over the white witch, you know, and let out that roar. This is how the lion of the tribe of Judah is over our stuff. Over things that need to be judged and dealt dealt with and taken away so that we can just be loved on so we can receive love. Is that making sense? I feel like I'm kind of rushing through this because I am. But (laughs) um, uh, I want to just bring something up here. Um, We call him, we call Jesus the meek one. The meek one, you know. Um, Here's here's what the dictionary says about meek, by the way. Having or showing a quiet, gentle, humble nature. Yeah, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. I want to be like my Jesus in that way. You know, I'm kind of a loud mouth sometimes, and I like that aspect of him just being humble and gentle. I like that so much. I'm very attracted to that, drawn to it, and crave it. Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Oh, that's us who are to be and emulate the, the lion, the lamb, the lamb. Um, that's us. Blessed are the meek, because we will inherit the earth. But check this out. Mighty, the power, authority, or resources wielded. Ephesians 3, 8, 20, uh, through 21 talks about the purpose, um, talks about the, uh, the, the, yeah, the purpose of mystery, and it's to put might on the inside of us. You will be strengthened with might in your inner man or woman, uh, especially as the eyes of your understanding are enlightened, that you can see how much he loves us. That's what that's all about. It's about his fiery eyes of love. The eyes of our understanding become enlightened, and we become mighty on the inside. But what about the meek thing? I thought the meek inherit the earth. It's the truth. Meek and mighty, just like Jesus just like the lamb and the lion. I just I want to challenge us all, like when we're hanging out with Jesus, go, hey, today, let me check out the lion, you know? And then maybe another day, can I check out the lamb today? And maybe some days, show me both of these things. I'm ready, you know? <laughs> the lamb and the lion. I, I, um, I'm going to mention my daughter for a minute because she's not here and maybe she won't hear this recording. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> uh, so many of you know who she is. She leads worship here when she's not up at, uh, in Reading at school. Um, and uh, Sierra, she, she has grown up. Um, she, she, was this, she was pretty quiet growing up. She'd spend a lot of time. Um, in her room, hanging out with God, truthfully. I'm not saying this to brag, because we didn't do that. I mean, we encouraged it, but we were like, what? Wow. You know, we've got a two-year-old who closes the door and hangs out with God. Um, and by the way, my son has also did the same right there. And um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you'll appreciate that the following is not about you. Um, 
and we would we would witness this for years and watch this. You know, we'd say, I, I would tell her, oh, we'd start hearing her sing in there and, to the Lord. She used to tune into IHOP in the mornings. Even even when she's in elementary school, she'd get up at four in the morning on her own accord and tune into IHOP, not the pancakes, friends, but the House of Prayer, um, International House of Prayer. She would tune in and she would sing that stuff, and we would just hear her. And I go, she's really in tune. I, I don't think I'm thinking that just because I'm her dad. You know, I'm trying to hear it without just dad's ears. She's really in tune. So I'd tell her, I think you're going to be a worship leader someday, and she'd go, No way. I'll never sing in front of people, never, never, you know. And so we're like, I'm like, okay, all right. Um, but she was, she's always been this very um, uh, virtuous person, just kind of, just, just really mature. And um, she was kind of quieter. She didn't want to be called quiet, but she was on that side. But as she started connecting with the lion, um, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, here she comes. And um, she, she kept the lamb part, and then the lion starts coming in out, as you've seen, while she's leading worship. But here's why you'll be happy I don't relate this story to you, is because I always thought she's kind of like Snow White. Snow White reminds me of the lion and the lamb. The real Snow White. Not, not the cute Disney one, because she remained cute the whole time. But I'm talking about the real story of, uh, of Snow White. If you've ever read the actual story, Snow, she was really super kind, tender-hearted, sweet. But when it was time to fight, she led an army. I mean, she was like, but here we go, you know? <laughs> so, um, son, you have those aspects as well, but you're not Snow White. I'm, I'm trying to think of another character right now to save myself, but I can't. But you're awesome. Uh, <laughs> But um, but it helps to look at something like maybe like a character like Snow White if you're trying to figure out how is Jesus a lion? How is he a lamb at the same time? And you just look at a character like that, you know, who's, who's incredibly kind and yet knows how to get business done. You know what I'm saying? What a privilege that we get, Jesus. What a privilege that we get those aspects of someone all wrapped in one present for us and then gets to live right inside of our heart <laughs> isn't that cool yeah it's really cool um <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i i me too i i could be i could be kind of gentle you know at times and i could be really tenacious too you know and um i think most of us really are like that uh and I think that that's actually God's design because that's how Jesus himself is, you know. I'm not talking about split personality here. I'm not talking about, like, you know, just completely flipping out on somebody. That's not what I mean. You know, like, like I am a little cupcake baked by Satan, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, ta- I'm, talking, about <laughs> I'm talking about having some beautiful... Um, artistic um, rambunctiousness mixed with the kindness, you know, to hold your heart and then to make sure that your heart gets healed up. You know what I'm saying? To hold your life tenderly so you don't get crushed and then to go ahead and blow that 
roar of love and life into your, your life to take care of stuff and get the leaves out, you know, blow the dust out. Um, and that's who, that's who the lion and the lamb is. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm out of time really, but I just wanted to, um, I wanted to mention one more thing about this and then put forth a challenge for us all. Um, there's some, there's some other things in the Bible too about not being offended. And some of it is in reference to him and his personality. It is. Because, you know, there's one part of the Bible where when he's coming after the enemy to um, defend the enemy away from his people at a certain time, his robe is dipped in blood. The blood of them, the enemy. That's, that's the lion dude right there. His robe is dipped in blood. But some people can see that part of him and then get offended. I thought you, I thought you were the, the tender, gentle one, you know. But there's going to be certain times in our lives and certain times in history where he's going to have to, um, to show certain aspects because of what's going on. And he says, just don't get offended. And here's how we don't get offended. We just have intimacy with Jesus. We have intimacy with Jesus. Hanging out with Jesus every day on purpose. Opening up your heart and saying, okay, here it is. I know you can already see it, but I'm not going to hide this from you anymore. Into me, you see, here's intimacy with you. Hanging out with him and you get to know all about him. So that when you start seeing certain aspects of him, you won't get offended. You'll go, oh, wow, that's my Jesus doing that thing right there. Is that cool? Yeah, even if he's taking care of your, your life that way. Even if, he's, even if he's doing that one thing that it says in the Bible that I, I, I have to chastise the ones that are my own or else they wouldn't be my own, you know. Chastise? Uh. <laughs> he's not spanking us with a glory stick. He's just, he's just saying, I'm going to make sure that you know how to be love. I'm going to make sure that everything's out of the way so that love can be the only thing that comes in. Cool? Yeah. He loves you. He loves you, and he holds your heart tenderly. He loves you so much. That prayer at the beginning of this um, is something I want to challenge you to have every day. Um, in our in our college age group, we've got a few of you here um, on our Thursday night group, they hear me say it all the time. I start almost every meeting, I think, with that prayer, tenderize and soften my heart. Tenderize and soften my heart. And then I often say, baptize my heart with fire. (laughs) And that's what I pray over you, and that's what I'm asking you, my friends, to pray over yourself every day, every day, every day. I'll I'll end in just a second. I just want to give one quick example. Um, uh, because, because we're human beings and because our emotions are all over the place. You know? I, I heard an amen type comment somewhere. And um, <laughs> our emotions are all over the place. Uh, it's not because we're so, so messed up. But we're messy. Um, but part of it's because we live on planet Earth, too. And there's all kinds of emotions around us. There's all kinds of stuff happening. This last Thursday morning, um, I woke up super early. I was going to go do a set at the prayer, House of Prayer 
do a devo over there, and they were going to pray over, over uh, well, they prayed over me, and they prayed over Zach there, who showed up um, for our, our vision for a refuge uh, that we're, we're opening for young people. Um, but when I woke up in the morning, I like getting up really early, and I got up really early that day, and I was like, yes, today is holy day. I'm going to be holy, and I'm going to hang out with God from the start, and everything's going to go perfectly. And then all of a sudden, everything that possibly ever offends me started feel, get, offending me. I was like, oh, no, uh-uh. So I felt like I fell into like a tar pit, you know? I was like, why is, why? No, no. And I was saying out loud, no. Karina was still asleep, and I was in another room going, no. Because <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I did not like that these things were, start, you know, coming up. And, um, and uh and it continued while I got ready. And then I, when I got to the house of prayer, um, as I was driving there, it was st- there was still stuff coming, like random stuff I hadn't thought about in a while. You know, things somebody said to me, just all kinds of stuff. And I was like, what? No. Ah, ah, I could feel it trying to get at my heart. I was like, no, no. And, um, and, then, and then I was driving into the parking lot of the house of prayer. And I was like, tenderize and soften my heart. And then I opened the door to the house of prayer. Our friend Karen was in there singing. I started sobbing, sobbing. But I'm talking about like the heaving kind that you try to, the ugly cry where, you're, where you, you, know, you know your face is contorting, but you're still trying to, like I just walked into a building with my friends, <laughs> you know, and you're trying not to look that way, which makes it look worse like the Joker. And um. That was happening, and, um, and I sat down, and I was heaving, just heaving. And, um, and then it was my turn to get on the keyboard and sing. So I sat down, <laughs> and I sang that way. I was singing, like, <laughs> I, I was singing with, like, cracks in my voice because I was still, I, I opened my eyes at one point, and there was a box of Kleenex there somebody had put, and, um, so I'm blowing my nose, which asks Karina sounds like like a like a you know sounds like the rapture call. Um, I, well, I'm sure the rapture call is more beautiful. It sounds like the circus, uh, and I was doing that with one hand while trying to continue on the keys. And then they they prayed for us, and um, <laughs> and I'm still just crying. And and after all that was said and done, I went on to the rest of my day continuing to cry a lot and um at, at, in a public place in in a coffee shop i just didn't care i didn't care i thought if if there's any glory on me god from this just let it splash on people while i'm sitting here embarrassing myself in a coffee shop and um I, but he answered it and and he was showing me stuff about you still live in the earth you're still here you still got a human body and even though you love hanging out with me and you've got a pretty good revelation about this tenderness, you're still going to have some times where stuff just tries to come at you. What are you going to do? You know, and um, that's my challenge to you. He will hear you. He will. He will say, all right, son. All right, daughter. Here you go. Let's let's massage that heart right there. Um, he will. And so that's what I pray over this church body. That's what I pray over all of our teenagers and college ones. And um, I'm going to pray it again right now over you. I don't know if there's a ministry team. 
Or not tonight? I didn't check into that. My bad. Would you want to get on the keys a little bit longer? They're, They're working, right? The power went out and Brooke just switched over to another instrument. (laughs) Um, yeah thank you jesus yeah holy spirit it's really you that can give us a deeper revelation of of the lion and the lamb aspect of jesus and tonight we ask for that revelation spirit of wisdom and revelation come and open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to know the lamb, the lamb who is so gentle and sweet and kind, the lamb who, who doesn't hold things against us, who, who, is, who is love, who doesn't keep records of wrong because he is love, the lamb who is the peace, who invites us to lay down and rest. Holy Spirit, open our hearts, our minds, our ears, to know the lion who is our protector, who's got our back, who's our bodyguard, who we can trust to scream a roar of love over those things that would try to distract us and take us away from believing your love. We want to know the lion and we want to know the lamb. Thank you, God, for tenderizing our hearts, for softening our hearts, for baptizing our hearts with fire. Thank you for a craving to be with you. I declare that over us all, that we crave to hang out with you and know these and find these aspects of you and and discover them and dive headlong into them and study them out and be diligent to be with you. We love you, Jesus. It's definitely time to get the kids. But if you're getting ministered to, just hang out in your seat. If you want to come up here and pray, come up here and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.